0: try and become a man of value rather than being a man of success. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked on fantasy Basketball. If you are watching this on YouTube, go ahead and give it a like and hit the subscribe button. I just recently got past 10,000 subscribers. So thank you to everyone who has been along for the ride or even if you're a new subscriber, welcome and I hope you enjoy the content. Yesterday's show, we looked at fantasy sleepers, players who were undervalued based on their ranks on Yahoo, on ESPN, both of those updated rankings, and on fan with their ADP. Today, we're looking at the other side of the ledger, fantasy basketball busts for Yahoo, for ESPN and Fantrax players who are ranked too highly for what I think they're going to return this season. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it, to it. Let's get to it indeed. Of course, this isn't bust, is not don't ever draft this player. It's like if you look at their, where they're ranked or where they're currently being drafted, I'm not sure they're going to return that value. If they fall down 10 spots, down 20 spots, then yeah, you can consider drafting them. It's not a do not draft list because they are bullshit. This is a guys to avoid at their current draft price. Again, this is the updated ranks, which were updated yesterday on ESPN and Yahoo about four or five days ago. And on Fantrax, we're looking at the ADP over there as well. So let's start with Yahoo, some players who I believe are ranked too high in their current ranks. And that is starting with Miles Turner, who comes in at number 21 on their ranks. Now, Turner was a real surprise last season, leading the league in blocks per game. I'm not sure that picking him at number 21 really... Uh, is worth doing that. Now, he doesn't have DeMonta Sabonis backing him up. That's because he has DeMonta Sabonis playing alongside him. So Sabonis is a higher usage player. So I expect Turner, who was only the 32nd ranked player last season to actually drop off a little bit in terms of usage. Maybe those rebound numbers actually come down somewhat as well. And that block rate from Turner was so far ahead of where he was before from 2.3 blocks last season or the year before to 3.4. That is a significant jump. And when someone's value is based entirely on a huge leap in one category, any level of regression there, if that goes from 2.7 blocks per game to 2.2 blocks per game, still a really good number, then that value does tumble. Aside with the other things with, with Sabonis playing alongside, maybe a drop in usage as well. I just think that t- spending a twenty-first pick, which is a second-round pick, ahead of a guy where they have like uh, Johnny Collins, the Baptist, DeAndre Ayton, even uh, even Andre Drummond, they have ranked lower than uh, than where they have Miles Turner. I think that is too high, too high to have him at that level. A guy that I love, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., Yahoo's gone sick. They've put him at number 36, which is the back end of the third round. He had a lot of foul trouble last season. He was a below average rebounder. Now, I really like Jackson. I think he's going to be a defensive player of the year, actual multiple time defensive player of the year. He can block shots. He can hit threes. He has a decent offensive game. He can be efficient as well. But taking him at 36... Where's the value in that? It takes away so much of the upside that you could get from looking at him where his ADP on Yahoo's 48, that's probably about the right spot. You're much lower on fan tracks, much lower on ESPN. And if you get him in that 50 zone, then there's real value. At 36, I don't see any value in him at all. Mitchell Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Now, yesterday when I did the Sleepers podcast on ESPN, he was ranked 70th, meaning you're drafting there. There's great value in Robinson here on Yahoo at number 20 you're yeah, probably not so much and just a reminder again if you're looking on Yahoo and you're in your draft room they have two columns x rank and rank X rank is the one that where they put it in that goes across all their sites rank is allegedly tailored to your specific league so if you have a different category different scoring system that'll move all over the place as well so i'm basing it off that X rank which is apparent through all of their drafts i can't go in and give you rankings based on every one of your individual league settings this is the rank that is based on the standard category format that is across their sites. They've got Mitchell Robinson at number 20. He could very easily become the 20th best player this year. Fizdale, yeah, works out that he needs to play him 30 plus minutes. Robinson realizes he needs to stay out of foul trouble. Both of those things, though, happening together seem like an unlikely occurrence. And taking him at 20, again, where is the upside? Where is the value? There is, There isn't any with taking Robinson at number 20, Jason Tatum at number 37. Tatum, I think, is a strong fifth-round sort of a player at 37, making him a third-round guy. Again, I don't really see the value in him there. He needs to become a 20-plus point-per-game guy, which is a possibility with Kyrie and Al Horford both going. Of course, Kemba's going to absorb some of that. Ennis Cantor, he's no slouch in terms of scoring. An uptick from Gordon Haywood could occur as well. I just think that Tatum is probably more, for this season at least, more of a 50th... uh, back and fourth, fifth-round sort of guy rather than a third-round player. And Chrissy Middleton at number 45. This isn't too egregious. I did put it in here just that Middleton didn't finish at this level last season. Budenholzer was very restrictive in terms of his minutes. I don't really see him jumping back into that area. But again, this is not a crazy one to think of Middleton here at number 45. If you are stuck at office, still working, and uh, need to get some food. Treat yourself to the meal that you deserve, and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash right now. Listeners of this podcast get five dollars off your first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. All right, the next bunch of guys who are, I think, a bit overranked on Yahoo. Demar Derozan at number fifty. I think DeRozan's going to lose some of that playmaking that he got last season. His rebounding was also a career high. DeJounte Murray is going to impact that. Um, there are going to be times where I think that they won't have to rely on DeRozan as much because they're going to have two guards who are significantly better in terms of defensive play, White and Murray. So there'll be times when maybe DeRozan's minutes do drop off a little bit. I think he's still okay to have a look at. It. And look, his rank on Fantrax at 28 is ridiculous. Uh, ESPN at 27 is significantly uh, high as well for DeMar. But... If we're looking at him on Yahoo at 50, I still think that's probably a little bit too high. Not egregiously too too bad, though. Brook Lopez at 42 is way too high for me. That's expecting Lopez to take a step forward from last season. If you listen to my show on Monday with Alex Raclean, I gave you my reasons why I don't think that'll happen. He's older, and he has a better backup, and the Bucks should be in a more comfortable position where he doesn't have to play 28 a night. Maybe it's 27, and some of those numbers drop off. Still expecting a 20-spot leap from where he was last season seems uh, irresponsible. Al Horford at 54. Again, playing alongside Embiid and Simmons and Harris. I just don't see Horford getting him. He played 29 minutes a game last year. Maybe he's at that same level. But rebounding, playing more at power forward will drop his rebounds, efficiency, and blocks most likely. So that could be a concern. I just don't think spending the 54th pick on... Now, I got Horford at 90 in a draft I was doing the other day. I was pretty bloody happy with that. I wouldn't want to spend pick 50 on him, though. So I think that is too high. And his teammate Tobias Harris... Yahoo's got him at 58. Now, the prevailing wisdom on Harris, and I'm off on this, but maybe, and I could, this is probably the one I'm probably most likely to be wrong on, is that he's just going to take all of Jimmy Butler's usage. But when he plays next to high rebounding players and plays at small forward, his rebounding numbers drop way off. We've seen it with Drummond. They went back up when he was with the Clippers, when he played more power forward, And now, playing alongside Horford and Embiid, those numbers fall off. Now, his shooting was piss poor with the Sixers, and I don't expect that to continue. He will be a better shooter. But I also don't expect much in terms of peripherals. He will score with low rebounds, limited assists, no defensive numbers, and that's what worries me about Harris- and taking him at 58. And same, and I, you know, and this is this is, should be the perfect illustration to you when I talk about bust. This is not me not liking the player. This is not me being a hater. This is not me being whatever. Because I love John Isaac. I think he's a great player, but taking him at 59, where is the value? We don't know Now I think he's gonna become an absolute monster at some point. He could very easily be a 1.5 threes, steals, and blocks, a triple one and a half if you like. He could improve his scoring, his rebounding. I think he's gonna be unbelievable. But 59. It's just too high for me. He's a guy that on ESPN, you get outside the top 150 for God knows whatever. Actually, that was the old ranks on ESPN. There's value in him there. At 59, is that where he tops out? Or maybe he's a top 50 guy, but I'm not convinced of it. And I think that's, again, just taking it a little bit too high for my liking. Aaron Gordon at 57. Again, I think it's not... It's not horrible, but there are many guys who are going to be ranked lower than him that I would much prefer to take at this spot. Does Alfaru the chief. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Now, I don't think he's going to take anything really much away from Gordon, but maybe it's a minute. Maybe it is. And the same could go with John Isaac as well. But last season, Gordo was the 81st ranked player, averaging 16 and 7. Like, are we expecting him to be significantly better than that this season? I'm not. And that's why I think that's probably too high. Same with CJ McCollum, whose game really relies on points and threes. His two-point shooting has dropped off. His assist numbers fell in the bin. He gives you no defensive numbers. I just don't see him as being anywhere near a top 70 guy. It's almost a Clay Thompson-like issue. For a guy whose rank was propped up early in their career by such a huge volume of threes, as their numbers have stagnated in the threes column... Everybody else's numbers are pushing up, and that takes means the relative uh, rarity of that stat decreases, and their overall value falls off. McCullum was the 68th ranked player last season, and I'm not expecting much of an improvement there for him. Yahoo also has McCall Bridges at 85. I love me some Bridges. Defensive numbers should be able to hit threes at a better rate, but 85, you're just taking all of the value away from Bridges and taking him at that level isn't interesting to me. Same with Marcus Gasol at number 74. Will he be better than what we saw last season in Toronto? Yes. Will he be at the same level that he was in Memphis? God, no. He still will be pretty limited in terms of minutes sharing. That center spot with Serge Ibaka, and I just don't know. He was excellent in the World Cup. He's also going to be rooted from playing in the World Cup, so there's no reason for him to push up to 30 minutes. He's going to be a 26-27 guy, and getting him at 74 is too high. Same with Nick Batum. You'd have to be absolutely insane to take Batum at 89. Now, I think he can have a bit of a bounce back, but I also think the minutes are going to drop off at some point this season. He can provide you assists and rebounds and steals, and he's not going to score, and he's fine as a late pick. 89 is not a late pick. It's just too early for Nicola Batum. The next bunch of guys, let's have a look. Jarrett Allen at 91. I like Allen a lot, but the DeAndre Jordan specter takes it. That's almost Allen at peak value with Jordan around, so I don't like it. TJ Warren at 92, also probably a little bit higher. I think he loses minutes when Oladipo does return. Will his hot three-point shooting from Phoenix return? I don't know. It's hard to judge that based on that one season. Uh, no assists, limited steals, no blocks. I think 92 is probably a little high. JJ Redick, a bench player most likely for the Pelicans. 109, he provides threes. That's great. But would I prefer Redick or maybe a and Joe Harris? It's probably going to be Harris. Thad Young at 110. Um, now, Young's going to get minutes with the Bulls, but he's going to come off the bench. There's Lowry, there's Wendell, and then Thad. So will he be getting the 31 or 32 he played for the Pacers? I don't think that's really a possibility on this Bulls team. He's more of a steals streamer with limited upside. And there are other players around that area that I'd prefer. And while I think Andrew Wiggins is probably in, especially in a points league, he's going to have more value this year than he's had in the past. At 108, you don't need to take him there. The chances of him getting to that level with his poor efficiency and low rebounds, assist and defensive numbers sort of does defeat the purpose of drafting him that early. The next bunch of Yahoo guys, uh, Brandon Clark at 104. I love Clarko. I've got him at number four in my dynasty rookie ranks, um, but that's that's too high. That is completely taking the ceiling away. Same with the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma. If they're committed the Lakers to playing Anthony Davis at the four, that means Kuzma is going to have to shoehorn in behind Davis at the three. I don't think he's going to start. He's also not that good. His shooting dropped off. That's too high. And Marvin Williams at 119. I've got no idea. I think he's coming off the bench behind Miles Bridges. He's obviously been a real, and even at his peak value, this is probably where you'd want to take him for a guy whose best category was turnovers and it outweighed everything else by a factor of two. At 119, I just see no value in getting Marvin Williams at this spot in your fantasy basketball drafts. Let's go on to ESPN now. As I said, they have redone their rankings. I'm recording this show just after those rankings came out, so they might adjust some of these things, some egregious areas, but I have to mention them here. The two of them that stand out like you wouldn't believe. Patrick Beverly at number 12. Nonsense. You're not drafting him there. They mixed him and Paul George up, so George will probably go into that 12 stop, but if they haven't, did not draft Patrick Beverley at 12. And PJ Tucker at 28. They mixed up him and Pascal Siakam is my guess. Tucker is a steel specialist at the end of your draft. And he, for, under absolutely zeros unless you're drafting and your only category in your fantasy league is who has the best shoe collection, could PJ Tucker be, he'd probably be a first rounder. But he could only be considered at that spot if that was the only category you were drafting. So 28 is ridiculous. On to the ones that I think they actually meant. Kemba Walker at number 15. On Monday's show, I debated with Alex about having Kemba at this range. I don't see it. On a better team, usage will drop. Minutes will probably come down. Yes, efficiency and assists are likely to increase with Kemba, but is that enough to make him the 15th best player when he wasn't the 15th best player last year? Yeah, Kevin Durant's gone from that top end of the rankings now with his injury. I still wouldn't be picking Kemba at number 15. Drew, Trey, Booker, Butler, all those guys I'd prefer over Kemba. Blakey Griffin at number 33. Uh, Griffin had a strong start to last season, but faded. Also had an injury, and he faded before the injury took place, that knee problem. Now, he's fine to go for this season, but I still think at 33, with the knee concerns, the age of him, and the fact that, again, over the last last three months of last season, he was the 52nd-ranked player and 86th over the final two months. Uh, And they did have to reduce his minutes. I I don't see any value in taking Blake at number 33. And similarly, I talked about Tobias Harris. ESPN went even sicker on the rankings there. Number 39, it's too high, in my opinion, for Toby. Uh, Other guys, Eric Bledsoe at 36. Now, I think Bledsoe was being slept on quite a bit. This is the opposite of that. They moved him up from 57. His ADP on ESPN is 73 and now to 36. And that takes away so much of the value from Bledsoe. So at 36, I'd probably be avoiding him. I'd be looking at someone like De'Aaron Fox who could be available there over him. CJ McCollum, I talked about already, 45 is even higher than Yahoo. So therefore that's too high. And Julius Randle at 46. Also... I believe, too high. Yes, he's the main guy in New York. Who knows what Fizdale is going to do? He'll be a 20 and 10 guy, almost assuredly. But defensive numbers lack. Free throw shooting lacks. Three-point volume is on the low side. He's more of a 60-ish type of guy rather than a top 50 guy. Marcus Sol at 61, I talked about already, and DeAndre Jordan at 65. This is assuming that he plays the bulk of the minutes over Jarrett Allen, a situation I do not see happening. We know, um, yeah, he was pretty poor last season. I just don't see the minutes there for DeAndre to be the 65th best player this season. So that is a bit of a stay away for me if you're looking at DeAndre at that spot. Thad Young, that ESPN heavy has him at 69. And while that's a really fun number and all, it also has absolutely zero relevance in terms of where you should be drafting Fideus Young. Montrez Harrell, the table at 73. Also, I think that is a little bit aggressive. Now, on their points league rankings, they've got him at 29, which is obviously really, really humorous. Uh, He shouldn't be at that spot. I think that Harold's going to take a step back this season. He's going to, I think the the fit of Ivitsa Zubats with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard is probably better than Harold. Maybe that takes one minute off the top of Harold. I don't see a big improvement. He was a 72nd ranked player last year, and in large part that was fueled by uh, almost a doubling of his, of his overall block numbers, his block rate increased. If that comes back down and he doesn't have that insane usage, which was at almost 27% post All-Star break, that is going to have a real impact on Harold. So I don't see him at that level. Also, have I I, I don't know why Terrence Ross would be coming in at number 74. Ross is going to get his 30 minutes. He's going to bang in two plus threes a game. And that's it at 74. It's a complete waste as is picking Tim Hardaway Jr. at number 87. Now, I am significantly lower on Hardaway than most people. I think he's going to struggle to see significant minutes. You're going to have De'Lon Wright and Jalen Brunson as your one and your two. There's going to be Seth Curry, who they signed, to back up Luka Doncic at the two. JJ Barea is going to be in the mix as well. At Smallford, I believe it's going to be Dorian Finney-Smith and Justin Jackson. So where the hell is Tim Hardaway fitting in? And not only fitting in, this is expecting him to fit in, have high usage, and play thirty-plus minutes a night. All of those things, yeah, they're a, they're a no from me. So I think we'll, uh, I think we'll move on uh, to another one. Another one. Thank you, DJ Khaled. Um Serge Ibaka at 92, much like the Marc Gasol situation. I don't see how you can have Gasol at 61 and Ibaka at 92 when they're going to be splitting minutes. Maybe Ibaka plays more at power forward this season. That, that's a possibility. I just wouldn't want to be spending the 92nd pick on Serge uh, in a draft this year. And over, uh, some more ESPN ones. Dennis Schroeder at number 101. At this point, he is the third guard for the Thunder, and that's not even including Terrence Ferguson. You've got Chrissy Paul and Shea Gildas Alexander. Schroeder was not the 100 best player last season, and didn't have as much competition for minutes. Yes, if Chris Paul goes, Schroeder is, is worth an add. He's worth a, a late-round pick. I don't expect Chris Paul to be traded at any point Uh, really anytime soon. So I think that, again, wasting the 100th pick on a guy like Schroeder is exactly that. It's a complete waste. The pencil, Harrison Barnes, Um, yeah. Now, Barnes was a pretty low usage guy in Sacramento last season. He's a poor rebounder that gets no assists, um, below average efficiency, and no defensive numbers, who was able to maybe be a top 120 guy in Dallas when he was a 20-point-per-game scorer. He will not be that in Sacramento, so this is not uh, one that's worth looking at. And these last three I threw in here, Taj Gibson at 132. Uh, What? Mitch Robinson, Julius Randle, Punch Bob Shiplike, Bobby Portis. Where is Gibson fitting in in this rotation? Marcus Morris is he exclusively a three? Because if he's not, then Gibson's going to struggle to see the court, let alone be the 132nd ranked player. Josh Jackson at 170th? Cool. I don't. I know that that's not even in the purview of standard leagues. But as we go into deeper leagues, Josh Jackson at 170th? No, thank you. And of course, let's bring it up again. The man who's ranked 200th doesn't belong. He's not on an NBA team, and that is Kenneth Freed. So if you're a pick at 200 and Kenneth Freed comes up, pretty sure you can find someone better. Maybe it's Miles Bridges, who doesn't even crack the top 200 on ESPN for this year. Let's move on now and have a look at fan tracks and busts based on their uh, ADPs. At number seven, they've got LeBron James. LeBron James. Now that's not to say LeBron's not going to be a good player. His free throws were an issue. I maybe worry a little bit about his injury at his advanced age. But Lillard to me is the seventh guy that I take. And anyone who's placed above Lillard Uh, then becomes too high. Yeah, Maybe you take LeBron at eight. I still have worries about where he fits in terms of a punt strategy, but he's not a horrible pick at eight or nine. But I just think at seven, it is just going that one step too far. It's not bad though. LaMarcus Aldridge at number 30, complete lack of steals. I think that again, this guy is 34. We have to remember that unless you are LeBron James, that at some point when you get into these mid thirties, you are going to drop off. And the big thing that fuels LaMarcus Aldridge's fantasy value is elite efficiency. If the shots don't fall, if the rebounds don't come, if the blocks drop off, as we've seen with Paul Millsap, then that could tumble 30, 40 spots really quickly. And I think that's the risk of taking Aldridge. It's not a bad move, especially in a roto league, because Aldridge's efficiency is elite. But if that drops, again, with age, it's a possibility, then there's a problem. Chrissy Middleton at 42. I've spoken about him before. Just a bit too high. Nothing too outrageous there. Same with Blake Griffin at 36 or Julius Randle at 47. Too high for Griffin at 36. Randle in a points league. Hey, he's a top 40 guy in a points league. In a category league at 47, I think we're going a little bit too high there for Julius Randle. Some more fan tracks ones. DeRozan at 39, Again, I just I see that as way too high. Aaron Gordon at 63. A lot of the same names here. CJ McCollum at 51. But one I do want to bring up here is Lou Williams. They have Hibbs ADP at 71 over on fan tracks. That is uh, that's just too high. Again, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they are going to be taking usage off Lou. He already took a huge step back last year. And this is the role he is better suited to, playing that 25-minute role, closing games. But he's not going to be able to maintain that same usage that he had last season. I don't believe. Maybe his assist can go up. He lacks defensively. Field goal percentage can be a problem. Great with free throw percentage. But again, at 71, he was the 77th ranked player last season, Lou, and 27 minutes a night on a usage of 34.5%. Now, if you think that his usage is going to be 34, I uh, look, maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but that is a really high usage, and I just don't see it being able to sustain and then you've got Mark Gasol at number 65. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, again, I've uh, gone through Gasol multiple times saying why I think that it's a little bit too high. I think he's more of a, an eighth round player, maybe a seventh round guy. In this sixth round zone, um, it's, uh, it's too high for my liking. Some other guys who are too high, Jarrett Allen at 84. Now, before on the Sleeper podcast, I talked about Boyan Bogdanovich being too high, too low on ESPN at 140. On fan tracks, it's the opposite. He's at 84. So is Jarrett Allen, who's at 84, and so is Serge Barker, who at 84. All those guys at 84, I think, are going a little bit too high. But that Bogdanovich one is probably the most egregious at that spot. On a team where he was the number one player in Indiana when Oladipo went down, now to sharing with Mitchell, Conley. Gobert is there as well. He's not going to have that many as many opportunities. He's not going to have the same free throw rate that he had in Indiana, which is one of his real fantasy strengths. So he's more of 110, 120-ish sort of a guy, not a 140 guy, and not an 80s guy. Redick at 100 is too high for the Pelicans, as is Thad Young at 106. I've gone through it on both of those guys as well. Some other players here. Andy Wiggins at 93. I think he's going to be better, but this is too high. Uh, In a points league, fine at 93. But again, majority of leagues are not points leagues. So his ADP at 93 is too high. Paul Millsap and Jeremy Grant at 101 and 105. People are obviously just hedging their bets. I think neither of these guys to get to this level. This would require Millsap and Grant, both of those guys, to be at that level to play 30-plus minutes. I don't think either of them is doing that necessarily as they share those minutes at Power Forward for the Nuggets. RJ Barrett at 109. That's just people getting turgid over rookies. Barrett's going to struggle with efficiency. I don't even know if he's going to start. What is Fizdale going to do with his minutes? Um, How's he going to fare on a team full of ball hogs? 109, again, probably top end of his value with his inefficiency issues. And I talked about Dennis Schroeder already at number 105. It is too high. 140, sure. 105, there are other options available at that spot that are going to be better value for you. And to round things out, the future MVP at 97, Kyle Kuzma. Again, you're taking so much. He hasn't he's never been a top 100 guy, and we're expecting him to be better than that. No, thank you. Marcus Morris at 92, a guy that probably needs to play 48 minutes a night to be a top 100 player, just lacks in so many areas. Not happening for me. Corley Stein at 106. Obviously, people are believing he's going to beat out uh, Kavon Looney, but this would be his best fantasy season if he finished the year 106th. I don't buy it. And I've talked about Timmy Hardaway already. Now, 111 is better than 87 on ESPN. It is still too high. I would not have Tim Hardaway inside my top 150. So that looks at all of the busts. Uh, Yesterday, we looked at sleepers from the updated rankings on Yahoo, the updated rankings on ESPN, and the ADPs over on Fantrax. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that... Subscribe button down below. Tell your friends. Give it a thumbs up. I want to get these subs all the way up. It's been fantastic. Welcome to everybody new as well. Follow me on Instagram, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. And if you've got any ideas of what you want to see on the Instagram page, let me know about that as well. Twitter, RedRock underscore Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Five-star reviews are always very, very helpful. Check out my stuff on Yahoo Sports Australia as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.